Talk the, the Thrones. Thrones. The Ringer's instant reaction show for all things Ice and Fire is back. Now as a pod. To cover the new Game of Thrones spinoff, House of the Dragon. Every Sunday night, the Ringerverse, Chris Ryan, that's me. Joanna Robinson. And I, Mallory Rubin, will be breaking down the latest episode. Sharing our thoughts on all the schemes and plots. Uh, schemes and plots are the same thing. Dragons. And incest. Hey, it's a Game of Thrones show. So boot up your favorite podcast player and head to the Dragon Pit. Because fire and pods will rain. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Callista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com FYC. This episode is brought to you by Hulu. Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone star in Hulu's limited series Under the Bridge, a chilling true crime story based on the acclaimed novel. Hailed as a riveting and heartbreakingly realistic work by the Chicago Sun-Times and featuring excellent performances, according to Time magazine, the series is for your Emmy consideration in all categories, including outstanding limited series and outstanding supporting actress in a limited series for Keough and Gladstone. For more information, visit fyc.hulu.com. All right, it is Friday, September 2nd. Today, it's part two of the Young Hollywood Stock Exchange. Which stars under 30 would you buy? Which would you sell? It's interesting, having listened to part one, a lot of women. We're talking about a lot of female stars, not as many men, uh, which I think says something about the state of the industry these days. There are a lot more female stars that Hollywood is banking on than there are male stars under 30. Maybe that's because... The male stars of the past three decades are still getting all the roles, uh, but that's a, a trend that I have noticed. We're going to get into part two today, go through the rest of our list with Justin Kroll, who is a reporter at Deadline and covers the scoop world, uh, the film castings, and who's coming in and out of movies. He's very knowledgeable on this subject, and we're going to get into part two of the Young Hollywood Stock Exchange. From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, let's go to Florence Pugh, 26 years old, star of Midsommar. She was in Black Widow. She's got Don't Worry Darling, which she is the star of. She's in Oppenheimer. She's got Dune. She's in Dune? Who, who is she in Dune? Yeah, she, Dune part two. Part two. Oh, she's in part two. Okay. Uh, she's got an Oscar nomination for Little Women. So where are you on Florence Pugh? I'm a buy because I like of all the stuff she's doing. Like she's got the Marvel superhero that's like already got a spinoff. Like mm -hmm. that upcoming for her actually on that character is this Thunderbolts film, which is basically Marvel's Suicide Squad. Hopefully has better results. But the concept is it'd be her leading the team of like Wyatt Russell's character from Winter Soldier, Daniel Brühl's, like those like anti-heroes that like, like aren't exactly good, but aren't exactly bad. So there's that. And people seem to like the Yelena character. Don't worry, Darlene's a big one for her. I think, you know, I know you said if it works, it's because of Harry, but she's still front and center there. And, you know, we'll, we'll see if that if that plays, that only helps. And then I, I like the, like, she's also, you know, the Dune thing is a supporting role, but she realizes let's do that because that gives me another Oscar potential where I'll be, you know, maybe that gives me another Little Women nod and, and like just adds to the accolades. Well, and it'll be a huge hit. So people will see her. I mean, my my I'm a buy on Florence Pugh, but my only my knock is that she has not had a big mainstream like 
coming out moment. Yes, people liked her in Black Widow, but you know that was she's still supporting. Yeah, it was it was supporting role, and you know that was sort of a, one of those Marvel movies that was lost in the pandemic. I, I think that if Don't Worry Darling is a hit, then she is going to skyrocket. But for now, I think she's a good buy because she, for all the accolades that she's gotten, she hasn't quite hit that that level where like our moms know who she is. The, the lightheartedness like movie, like she showed she has some comedic timing with that Yelena character. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't hate her trying to do like, I don't know about like a romantic comedy, but like something with a little more like, you know, not quite as serious. Like, like, right. I mean, I, I forgot about Oppenheimer. Like I, some of the stuff she's in, I, I'm, I, I can't, I don't know how she's like Mark Wahlberg right now. It's like, how do you have time to work and still do this type stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Daisy Edgar Jones. She is 24 years old, broke out in normal people. Uh, she was under the banner of heaven as Andrew Garfield's wife. She was in where the crawdads sing this past summer. Uh, I feel like she is the name. When I mentioned this to my wife, who's a talent manager, she mentioned Daisy Edgar Jones as someone that everybody wants to cast. Well, she has something that we keep bringing up with a lot of people. She opened a damn movie and, and, and you can say, I know like the various things she, there's no other stars in this. She's front and center on the crawdads. Crawdads. You mean? Yeah. Crawdads. And it's to me one of the more. Although, if you look, if you look at the ads for that movie, you think Reese Witherspoon is in it because she <laughs> produced it and was in the freaking trailers. Uh, but she's not actually in the movie. Fair, fair point. But I still am like that's one of the more glimmers of hope at the box office is that that film made eighty million dollars and over a mm-hmm. hundred globally. Like that's just for that project. That's a pretty hard thing in the middle of summer too. And I think like that that just shows that is something to put on her resume where they're going to say, oh wow, she picks these films that have you know prestige, but you know she's able to open them too. That's important to a studio exec. This will be so, even if. You know, even if you pick apart like how why exactly people showed up, like at the end of the day, she's the star of that film, and it and it helped out a studio, and that will now and now I, she reminds me a little bit of Saoirse, where she's not like I need her to do a little like a commercial film here or there where she's not playing like the heroine in distress or like a, a depressed young adult like she was in Normal People. Like, right. I like I would like to see a, like a person I could hang out with type thing to see if audiences really come around and broaden. But I mean, from in terms of like 24, it's crazy that that that's another thing too. the age. women love normal people. Like it's the one, the pandemic binge that like, you feel like I feel like every female loved. And, and the thing is, is I actually watching that show, I would have put Paul as the guy that comes out. And interesting mm-hmm. enough, he's picked even like more prestige. He was like the dude of can, but I don't know if anyone will see any of those movies where she's right. now got a lot more stuff like under the banner of heaven crawdads where people are, that know what she is, where Paul's kind of the iron's drawn a little cold on that front where it, it, he had a lot more opportunity. I thought. So Matt, are you a buy or a sell on Daisy Edgar Jones? I am. Um, I am a buy. I think that you, the, the fact that you hear all her name for everything, she will get some gigantic part that will let her, you know, become, get on everyone's radar. So I, I am a buy. I don't, I think that, you know, obviously nobody really in the real world knows her as a star yet, but uh, I think she's got so much potential. I would, I would bet. You think she would be a good Tomb Raider? Sure. Cause that, those rights are, I, by the way, that's just a guess. I don't have any. She needs to, I mean, obviously she could bulk up and like do that whole thing, but like, sure. Why not? 
that's a hard, that's an interesting property because it's hit once with Angelina and missed with Alicia. So that's yeah. where it comes, but it's, it's the rights are out there. They're rebooting it completely. And I'm curious, like what, what route they go, if they go a little bit more well-known or if someone like Daisy would, would fit under that. Um, I mean, Anya Taylor-Joy, I think would be a good Tomb Raider. Yeah. We'll, we'll see after Furiosa. Like that, that's the key probably there. Right. Daisy Ridley would be a good Tomb Raider. She would. I'm off her. Yeah, we're not even talking about Daisy, Daisy Ridley. Um, all right, up next, Jack Quaid, who is 30. Um, he's the star of The Boys. He's also in Oppenheimer, the Chris Nolan movie. He is the son of Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. Uh, I like him on The Boys, and I think that when you hear, there's a lot of these kids of stars floating around Hollywood. And when you hear people talk about him, it seems to be more than just this guy can you know, replicate some of the charisma of his father. He, he, people, people think he's got a trajectory. Are you by or sell? Slight sell because this is like you name all these things, Scream, uh, Vinyl, the Oppenheimer film from what I understand and all, and boys, he's supporting a lot of the people. Like, you know, Bill the Butcher is like why, and, and some of those, and, the Out, and Homelander are the big reason. I think Jack Wade's character on that show is like, fifth or sixth among like fan favorites. So mm -hmm. I think that's why I'm like, you know, I will like the thing with Dennis is by the time he was 30, he was in like lead roles, like right. dreamscape and stuff like that. Like, yeah, but that gets know. to the whole nature of stardom. I mean, back in the eighties and nineties, you could be a massive star in your twenties. There were, you know, the, the, the Brat Pack or Tom Cruise or Dennis Quaid or any of these guys were young when they got stardom. It's just harder these days. I, I, that's a point we haven't really even touched on is you're like, well, you like Austin Butler. I was like amazed to find out he's 31. Sometimes it, it takes a while. Chris Pratt was like 34 when he got guardians. Like it does like for these people to start having roles this early, you know, Jack's probably on the trajectory of finally getting those big leading roles. It's just, I haven't seen the star power yet from him to make me think he's not more than, I mean, not I'm say a sidekick, but like a number two or number three. Yeah, he could do comedy though, which I think That's helps true. a yeah, lot. He's, and he's, he's very charismatic on that front, and he's likable. So I'm a I'm a buy on Jack Quaid. Um, all right, we got to talk about her, Millie Bobby Brown, 18 years old, Stranger Things, Enola Holmes movies. She's got something called Damsel coming out. Russo Brothers movie. Where are you on Millie Bobby Brown? I'm a big buy. Wow. Okay. Let's let's debate it. Um, this will be our big. I think our big fight. Um. Mm -hmm. My idea, like I, I just from the moment Stranger Things comes out, she's just constantly grabbing on stuff. Now you can argue she's sticking a lot to the streaming world, but mm -hmm. like that's what we're in right now. And she's front and center. Damsel was something they were developing, and now she's starring in. She gets the event film the next up for um, the Russo brothers at Netflix. I think it's called The Electric State, um, where she'll be front and center there. I mean, the key here is is you've you've written about this, and the joke around town is is when Netflix has a big weekend on something. They announced the sequel. It's like I, we've been waiting for Bright Two for I don't yeah, remember when Bright came out. Right. But Anola Holmes does well, and that and now we get Anola Holmes Two this year. Like that that and that's not like the kissing booth where it's like a smaller film. That's a production that they were quick to get up and moving because they saw the potential. When you have all these other Netflix things, they're trying to build franchises. So if I mean the 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 real question is is like the Netflix of it all. Yeah, I mean that's the big thing with her. I am a sell on Millie Bobby Brown because I don't 
thinks she's a star outside of the quirks of the Netflix algorithm that will just serve you the next Millie Bobby Brown content when you are done with Stranger Things season four. I mean, that's essentially the stardom that she has. And you could make an argument that the nature of stardom has changed so much these days that when you are a star, you are a star to a particular platform. I mean, there are Netflix stars. And if you look at someone like, uh, let's go to Noah Centineo, who a couple of years ago was anointed as the first big Netflix movie star because he was in, you know, To All the Boys and a couple other. <laughs> that guy hasn't done much outside of Netflix, right? Uh, he's got, you know, he's in Black Adam and he's got a couple other sporting things, but like that guy's not a star. And I think with Millie Bobby Brown is she's now in this Netflix. It's almost like the old Disney Channel uh, ecosystem where they they would churn out these stars and then when they were forced to go into the wild and fend for themselves they didn't really do much uh, with exceptions so I'm a sell on Millie Bobby Brown just because all the hype around her as being this huge Netflix star let's see her do something outside of Netflix well I will say this the counter I would sell a little bit on her on her castmates because oh like they, those guys are all sells well, I'm I am dumping that entire Stranger Things portfolio. The reason I'm doing that is they're enjoying the ride where she at least was like as soon as she got the Emmy nomination was like building a slate of films. Like she was getting out there trying her best to do her career and I, I like appreciate like you know just like one the Gatton kid is in a Paramount Plus movie. It's like come on man, you can at least get like a film that's like theatrical from that point. So that I think I'm more on that like you know Joe, Joe Keery's been in some stuff but honestly I hear more about like a Joe Quinn is on it for one season and he's done and he's already up in rooms more than any of those other people, which is yeah, just people odd. like Maya Hawk as well. She's another Hawk's, yes, kid yes, of, of celebrities that, uh, that will probably work. I just, I think stranger things is such a Netflix specific phenomenon. I know it's gigantic. I know everyone loves it, but I just don't see these, these stars doing much afterward. All right, next, my favorite topic. Let's do Pete Davidson. Finally coming off SNL. He's 28 years old. He is a star, question mark? Are you buying or selling Pete Davidson? Sell. Sell. Yeah. I'm a sell as well. So explain. Well, King is like, I mean, you know, he has this long career with, the thing is, is like, he was always himself. Like, it was always mm -hmm. like, come on the desk with Challenge Jost and I'll beat Pete Davidson. It was like, they thought too much of it. Like, now he gets a semi-automatical film from Judd Apatow and the King of Staten Island. Which was pretty good. And I think people liked and got him a little bit more credibility than he had before. Sure. Um, and, and you know, there's a long history of movie stars essentially playing themselves, especially in comedies. If people like you, they are willing to go see you. I just, you know, the bodies, bodies, bodies just came out. No one real shows up. I know it's an A24 thing, but like there's that. He's got the wizard. I, I know he's building up. And then there's Bup Kiss, which is at Peacock. It's a TV show. He's got a TV show that Lauren Michaels is producing. And, you know, he's got he's going to have a, a few opportunities right now. I'm also a sell on Pete Davidson. I know that for young people, he seems to be the comedy star of that generation. And I've actually I've talked to Bill Simmons about this. And he's like, he, he thinks Pete Davidson is going to be a star because he appeals to that young demo. I just, it's not that I don't get him. I just don't see how he transitions into movie stardom based on the choices he's made, the persona he has, and the kind of what's out there. Like, you're not putting this guy in a Marvel movie. Well, they put him in a DC film, don't forget. Yeah, but okay. But for a cameo. <laughs> it was like a 10-minute part. And did, didn't he get killed almost immediately? The first scene, yeah. Yes, okay. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I just don't. I, I don't know. Craig, you're our under 30 guy. Do you, are you long on Pete Davidson? Well, I think there's a key distinction. I think you're both right, you and Bill. I, I agree with Bill that I think Pete Davidson is going to be a star for his career, but I don't think he's going to be a movie star. I think he's going to be incredibly famous, but I don't think it's going to be for that's, leading and opening movies. Yeah, almost the Kardashian feel to it a little bit. Well, I mean, oh, yes, that's an obvious. You think, you think reality show is in his future? Yeah, I, I could just see him staying in the public sphere his whole life, but not because yeah, he's opening I mean, action films. I will say because like his personality does does lead to like people wanting to talk about him a lot when it has, even if it has nothing to do with a movie or TV show. That's true. And you know, he'll host comedy specials and do that world. And, you know, maybe host super password on ABC in, you know, five years, but whatever. Like, I just don't think this guy is an actor really. And I don't think he will be a star, a movie star. All right, let's go to another euphoria guy, Jacob Elordi, 26 years old, Australian actor. He, People want this guy to be a star. Is he the next Chris Hemsworth? I mean, it's interesting. I will say this. He is getting the meetings. Like, unlike, you know, you hear his name linked to so much stuff. He's And he's already deciding to do some more dramatic stuff like Euphoria. He's doing the um, Emerald Fennel's follow-up to uh, uh, Promising Young Woman. Is, uh, I think it's called Saltburn um, for MGM and, and Prime Video, which is like has the similar things and, and plays into the Euphoria thing. He's He's... I mean, he just meets on everything. I feel like because he's like the tall, brooding person personality, like studio execs are drawn to that and feel. And again, it goes back to like that 16 to 25, 16 to 30 year old, like is just loves him. I mean, him and um, Angus from Euphoria are, are like the two people that like are the guys on that show that like yeah. are. Well, are don't forget great. Kissing Booth. He, he did have that Netflix yes. stardom before that. Which, which also plays too, because you look at Joey King, who we mm -hmm. didn't mention, but like that is another person who's like drawn out of that and is starting to get leading roles. And like, it, there's just something about him though that like clearly like people want to be in business with them. And I feel like, I think the like doing the serious stuff also on top of Kissing Booth, the, it's the well-rounded thing we were talking about from like what you've been doing um, for your career so far. Do you think he's an action star? He's like, I mean, he's tall. Like he's like six. I saw him at the night before party. He yeah. is a big tall dude and he if he wanted to fill out i feel like he could like yeah i think he's a great if you're if you're casting the next version of you know hunger games or uh you know ne doing a reboot of a big action franchise i would consider that guy because like, that, like yeah like playing like john like he's he's a better version of jai courtney like that's what they wanted jai courtney to be for all these years who mm -hmm. keeps getting like these roles but like he he could fit into like a diehard reboot if they wanted to do that, so to speak, and be mm. like John McClane's other son. Um, <laughs> Long lost. He, yeah. he conceived a son that night at Nakatomi Plaza. We just didn't know about it. And now he's yeah, back. You know, they got divorced, but she was like, <laughs> something happened after Die Hard with the fans. Right. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, all right. By the way, he's 25, not 26. 25. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of upside for Jacob Elordi. Yeah, I'm a buy on him as well. I, I do think the euphoria effect on on casting, you do not hear anything more positive than you hear about the euphoria cast. It just feels like older casting executives are like, oh, young people love them. Well, what can we do with them? And what's crazy is on the flip, I think Yellowstone is probably the most popular cable show. And none of those young talents like Kelly, Luke, 
Well, they're not that young. Those they're all in their 30s and 40s. But even so, they're even in that they're not getting the like types of roles post that. Like that, that you would think like, oh, this is like, you know, Chris Pratt after Parks and Rex gets yeah. the Guardians. They haven't done that for yeah, a Kelly Riley, I think, is a huge star on that show and has and has not really done much else. I mean, I know they're on that show and it takes a long time to film that, but I'd love to see her do more. The hiatus is they don't have like they're back, they're shooting that so quickly, though maybe with Costner's six-month Western epic, they get a little bit of a break or something. I don't know. Right, right. Um, all right. That's my list. Who else you got? By the way, we're going to, we're, we're, there are two holds here. We're going to hold on Ezra Miller. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of noise around uh, them, and we just don't know how that whole situation is going to play out. 29 years old, star of The Flash. And we're going to hold on Ansel Elgort as well. 20, 28 years old, um, had some troubles as well, but he was in uh, West Side Story, Baby Driver. He's got Tokyo Vice, which has been renewed for another season. So we're going to hold on those two. But you got any others that we should debate, buy or sell? Um, I mean, Quincy Isaiah from Winning Time played Magic Johnson. Oh, that's a good one. So are you, you're you're a buy on him? Buy on that. I think, it, like, I was really pushing for this, like, um, trying to find more, you know, people of color. And he, he seems to be like the young black star that's really, like, on the rise and, like, I feel like has a, a Michael B. Jordan type potential. You remember Michael B. started off in Parenthood and The Wire. I think Quincy has even this is a starring role in this show. And at 26, I think um, I think he's got some potential. Kiki Palmer, I think she was the big winner in the Nope movie. Like people really saw between her comedic, the real acting, all that stuff. I feel like she's someone. Do, do you want to debate Quincy or should I just? I, I'm, a, I'm a buy on Quincy as well. I think I think he's great. I mean, that, say what you will about Winning Time. He is unbelievable as Magic Johnson. Yeah, he I, unreal. Like I, I want, I'd like to see more. But the charis, the charisma is that of a movie star. It's not just Magic Johnson. I feel mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. um, Kiki Palmer. I, you know, I researched her, and I, I just, I know she's got nope. But like, what else is she? Is she on all? Is she on lists? She was doing like TV hosting stuff, and like she just didn't do. I since nope. People really want to like get her to do more stuff. It mm -hmm. will be interesting to see going forward. I guess that's the one reason it's not a big buy because it's taken like she's been particular and it's been weird about what she wants to star in. But like I do feel as if she was the big winner of that film and like everybody wanted to talk about her. So that would be one. And then the last one is uh, Jenna Ortega. She was in Scream. She's, uh, you know, has the Wednesday Adams show that Tim Burton's doing. That's like, she like scream fiend cream factor is like something I still plays like Jamie Lee Curtis back in, um, back in the day. Mm. But I do feel like that, that has potential if, cause people come out for horror still and people like that stuff. And if she's, but are horror stars, real stars. That's the question. Well, it depends. I mean, do you think Jamie was a star after Halloween? Uh, yeah, forty-five years ago, yes. But that, but look at the stars of the most recent Scream movie. Can you name them? Okay. Yeah, that's true. Well, Jack Wade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, he's done other stuff too. But I, but you know my point. I don't think you become a star in a horror movie these days. I have one dark horse. Yeah, he had, he had a, a you know his show came out about a month ago. You know, he was a still a supporting player, a rookie in, in sense, but I think he's got big potential. I'm buying big. On Aiden Hutchinson of the Detroit Lions, he's going to have a huge oh, year. God. Hard uh, here knocks. we go. Here we what go. What a star. What a star in hard knocks. Craig, Craig you can delete this part. <laughs> <laughs> what was your dark horse, Craig? Yeah, you had a dark horse. Uh, you guys mentioned her. Maya Hawk, the daughter of Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. I think why Maya are you, is, Why are you buying her? I, I think she has... 
kind of a star power charisma to her. She's already been in obviously Stranger Things, and I think she kind of came in and market corrected the other uh, lead females on the show, uh, Nancy. Mm -hmm. I think Maya Hawk just walked in and stole the Nancy role in Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. um, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and she kind of stole the scene she was in. Yeah, she was great in that scene. Yeah, she's got a lot coming up. She's in a Marvel TV show. She's in a Bradley Cooper movie and a Wes Anderson movie with a huge cast. And, uh, you know, the, the the daughter of two Hollywood I like stars. I think, yeah. People, I think people like her a lot too. So that's that's a good one. All right. Those are some excellent picks. Now, Craig, have you looked at our portfolios, right? Are you keeping track of our buys and sells? Yes, I am. And I have to say, you guys are all generally optimistic about the stars under 30 in Hollywood. But mm. I, I wanted to ask, I would say you guys are 75% buy. But I wanted to ask, a question with a larger scope here. Sure, you can feel good about the futures of the actors, but do you actually feel good about any of these actors becoming true movie stars? Like if you had to to put your house down on who is going to be the next Brad Pitt or Denzel Washington or the next Julia Roberts, who, who actually is it? It's probably nobody. That's the right answer because the nature of stardom has changed so much that it's really difficult to create that. But if I had to say that one of these people will be somebody we're going to be talking about in 25 years is having really dominated in Hollywood. I would probably say it's either Zendaya or Tom Holland. Yeah. I mean, I base a lot of this on like post pandemic. Like you just have to view what like the industry is doing that too. How you view stars and actors now after what we like, like the reset, as they say. And that's kind of how I played a lot of this. You know, I, I looked at a lot of TV shows and how they were doing and how people break out of those. And like with, Shorter TV shows, you have these longer hiatuses to build out your thing. But yeah, I, I like in terms of like picking, I, I think Zendaya and Tom are, are good, like like safe picks. But like it's hard to tell because a lot of these people we talked about, it's all about like what like getting in the room. But nothing is like you know. There's only Daisy Air Jones is the only people that really opened a movie. Everyone else is like a lot of streaming or like wait and see. So um, so yeah, that's that's the thing is like I I, I mean. You could maybe try Chalamet. Like if Wonka really does work, then like maybe he has the Leo thing though. Like Leo never did movies like that either after. Like he's he's particular. That's a weird one. The movie, the movie stars changed because like back in the day, movie stars just didn't do comic book films and stuff like that. Like you look at Tom Cruise and even Brad Pitt, they weren't doing those types of like franchisey stuff because they just trusted they'd have film to film after they did something. Right. Uh, yeah, the whole nature of building a career trajectory has changed so much all right that is the end of part two of our epic young hollywood stock exchange i want to thank justin kroll from deadline i want to thank producer craig horlbeck and i want to thank you we'll see you next week this episode is brought to you by state farm you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong but these are the words you really need to remember like a good neighbor state farm is there They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.